Welcome. You are listening to the Fat and Furious podcast. In this podcast series, your host, Steve Bennett, father of seven, best-selling author and adventurer, will be joined by 23 of the world's most forward-thinking medical professionals, doctors, authors, and top nutritionists, where he'll share the truth behind living healthier and happier for longer. In this episode, I'm going to be talking to the husband and wife team of Katie and Giancarlo Caldisi. Now, the Caldisis are owners of Cafe Caldisi in London, and they also have an amazing cookery school. They first came to public attention when they featured in the BBC Two series, Return to Tuscany. They're both regular visitors on screen, appearing as guests on a vast array of food programmes, such as the BBC One's MasterChef, Saturday Kitchen and Sunday Brunch, and many, many more. The Italian government has awarded Giancarlo the honour of Calvary for his work with food. And along with Katie, they've written many very successful cookbooks. In 2011, at the age of 59, Giancarlo's vision became blurry. Soon afterwards, he couldn't even play football with his younger sons. Sadly, he was diagnosed with type 2, diabetes. By 2014, Giancarlo had put lots and lots of weight on and he'd ballooned to 17 stone and his HbA1c levels were dangerously high. Even worse, later that year, it was established that he had a severe gluten intolerance. It felt like his world of food and everything that he loved was forbidden and although determined to fight, he was very low. No more pasta, no pizza and no more bread. Imagine that! for an Italian master chef who for over 60 years was so used to eating his beloved pasta at least once, sometimes twice a day, being told that he had to stop. What he didn't realize though, is that this diagnosis would probably save his life. Now, five years on, his diabetes is in full remission. It's been a difficult journey for Giancarlo, but he feels that if he can do it, then anyone can. A life-saving lifestyle is the name of today's podcast. I'm joined by Katie and Giancarlo Caldesi. How Hello. are you both? Good, thank you very much. Hi, Steve. Now, we kind of know each other because we did some cooking programs recently, but uh, for, for those that don't, you are a phenomenal couple. I love the story about how you met. Uh, you are living proof that if anybody can turn from being diabetic to putting it in remission, anybody can. And I say that with all sincerity because how an Italian famous chef can put it into remission. If you can do it, anybody can, or it's possible for anybody else to do it. But I also want to get Katie's story about what observations you've got and, and your inspiration. Some of your recipes are you know, in my house. We probably do more cooking in my house with recipes from your book and your, because you're so, uh, it's just oh, inspirational than my own book. So there you go. Um, so take us right back to maybe even when you very first met and then talk us through your lifestyle changes together. And unlike the cooking program the other week where it's all about the recipe, I really want to hear your story in okay. detail so everybody understands uh, about how you can put diabetes into remission. And let's say straight off the bat that while some doctors still believe it's irreversible, that it's progressive and there is no way that you can stop diabetes, there is so much proof and you're living proof uh, mm. that you can. So tell us about the journey. So I was a painter and 21 years ago Giancarlo commissioned me to paint a mural in his restaurant. 
and I always loved food. Was that long ago? Mm. <laughs> I always loved food, and uh, pretty soon I was washing my hands after painting murals all day, and then changing from my painter's whites into my chef's whites, and going down in the kitchen and starting to cook with uh, the guys in the kitchen. And I was on vegetables for some time, vegetable prep in the kitchen, and, um, and I began to cook, and then I stopped painting, and then together, we wrote our first book, which was about Giancarlo's mother's cooking. Mm -hmm. And we've now finished, this is our 13th, no, this is our 12th book. Wow. I've just finished writing our 13th for coming out next year, but this is our 12th Almost book. Almost one a year, plus a lot of BBC programmes in, right. in between. Yes, uh, yeah. uh, I think you've been on virtually every cooking programme <laughs> together out there, and you had a whole documentary following around Tuscany. What, we what, did, what, what? and we opened a cookery school over there, and we were married. Mm, so we were married as well, yeah. <coughs> so tell me, tell me about that uh, series on the BBC. What, what, what was that all about? No, well, basically it was uh, called Return to Tuscany, and uh, it was just uh, my life in Tuscany, really. It was very interesting because I was able to really go back and do a few things that I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do otherwise. And um, it was challenging because we had, um, of course, we had a lot of difficulties uh, opening the cooking school. But in a sense, it was an amazing time. It really was an ama exhilarating, amazing time. It really was. When we you were, look back, uh, yeah. interesting, really. We were, I remember meeting the producer for the first time in our um, restaurant in Marylebone, and he said, so tell me what's going on in your life. And I said, well, not really very much, but um, <laughs> we are opening a cookery school in Tuscany, and we're opening a cookery school in London. And, um, mm. oh, and we're getting married. And he said, well, what's the time span of this? And I said, oh, actually, I have never really thought about it. So it's all happening within six weeks. And he went, and not much <laughs> is happening in your life. In six weeks, we're opening two cookery schools in different countries and getting married. And I went, yeah, OK, quite a lot's happening. <laughs> and so he said, therein lies a, a documentary. So they yeah, made it so about that was our, that. our lives. Yeah. So, so, so you make, you're getting married, you open the cookery school, you have two wonderful uh, children. Uh, business is going well, books are selling well, people are coming to your restaurants, people are coming to your schools. But Giancarlo, you're getting a bit bigger and bigger and, 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 and talk me through this sort of turning well, point. Yeah, well, well, it's very interesting because um, I wasn't doing very well. I think this happened probably, I was 46, 50, 50. I would say I'm 67 now, so mm -hmm. let's say about 15 years ago or something like that, which things start getting about 13, mm -hmm. 15 years ago, yep. things start getting a bit strange. Um, I remember the first time I had a problem, we were in Eastbourne with our very young children then, and uh, I was by the, by the sea, and uh, I went into the sea, and Sandra said to Katie, can you come in please, because I really can't bear standing on the sea. And my feet they were so cold, I mean so cold, and I was struggling to get back. I thought he was just being Italian because this is Eastbourne <laughs> where I'm from. I'm very proud of our British sea and I just thought he was being Italian, but to be fair he wasn't. It was no, more really, it was, uh, also what I struggled was uh, coming out and walking on the pebbles. And the pebbles was like if shards of glass going through your feet. Honestly, it was, I don't know, uh, truly torture and so never thought much of it, then you get on, then you go and, and then obviously you know, there's other symptoms where I used to get up in the morning and my eyes 
I used to go like this, and and doing that, it was so hurt. You know, it hurt so much. Like if it was mm -hmm. a, you know, you're wearing glass eyes, like a, you go sand or something really abrasive, and then oh, okay, that was the second symptoms. Um, plus, uh, my feet didn't feel right. I couldn't kick the football really. Yeah. Uh, it was hurt, it hurts. Yeah. So I couldn't run, I couldn't jump as much as I used to jump. And with two young sons, that's, yeah, that's depressing. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so lots of things, but the problem is on, on when I did know there was diabetes, I knew much, much later, it's such a gradual change as that, mm. you know, it's like you go five fingers. One day, the little finger doesn't move that much, don't think much. Then, yeah. you know, it's not like you're going, oh, can't move my hand, then it's visual. Yeah. So it, it stops, all is all, and suddenly your hand is here, you don't move anymore, but you like, oh, well, well that's, that's Giancarlo, he can't move his hand. So what's the problem? So the problem was not that, it's the fact that uh, the knowledge was missing of my uh, disability. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we go, we go back from bad to worse, and then obviously- And that's, that's sort of the physical side, but yeah. also, yeah, Katie, well, you've said in the past that also when you met him and married him, he was he was funny, he was hilarious, life and soul in the kitchen mm. and in the restaurant. Really from the house back house. She did honestly say that oh about God, you. Uh, and you said, but that was starting to disappear along with some of the physical yeah, symptoms. Yeah, and he was getting quite sort of grumpy. You were grumpy. And, oh, um, you know, they, they call it hangry. Yeah. He was hangry, a mixture no, of hung true, hungry true. and angry. Yeah and would come back from work and just be so, so hungry that he would dive into the fruit bowl and just eat like a whole melon and a couple of oranges, a couple of bananas. Really? So, or he would cook pasta and he'd cook too much pasta for one portion and then just eat it straight out of the saucepan. So looking back, he had classic textbook symptoms of diabetes type two. Mm -hmm. He had the weight around the middle. He yeah. had the hangry mo mood. Um, he was rubbing his eyes, the blurred vision. Um, going to the loo Yeah, going to the loo, yeah. a lot of thirst. He was constantly drinking bottles and bottles of water, not even pouring it into a glass, just bottles of water he would down. Absolutely classic. If we'd only known, we would have said, well, that's type 2 diabetes, you know, mm. you've got to go and get checked out. But we didn't know. It's like gradual, isn't it? It's when you live with someone, yeah. you don't notice no, it. No, you don't notice it. They say, they say, how do you uh, get a frog to... How, how do you scald a frog? They say, you know, you could put a frog, he jumps into a boiling pot of water, he'll jump straight back out. But if you slowly raise the temperature one degree every few minutes, that frog doesn't know he's been boiled to life and, and end up, ends up dying inside the, the glass jar. And it's the That's same a charming thing, analogy. It? It's, a it's a terrible <laughs> one. I was not, by the way, comparing you to a frog. frog. No. I'll run, <laughs> I'll run <laughs> my... could be a prince, you know, you never know. I'll run a hot bath for him princess. <laughs> yeah. so, so no, but that, that actually... Seriously enough, that is true because yeah. uh, it's like um, in a kitchen where you start handling hot things at the beginning, oh, even mm. 10 degrees, that's too hot. At the yeah. end, you go 50 degrees and you're all right, nothing yeah. burns. Yeah. And it's true. It's, it's, but it, the, um, the massive problem is when you get that, that level and then the family gets around you yeah. and they think, that's my dad. Mm -hmm. Your dad can't get up from the chair and he's like that. The and boys to used help to have him. to do his shoelaces up. And so, he so you know, down. that becomes you, you know. Yeah. And then, oh, my dad can't, can't really stand on one leg, you know. But it's my dad anyway. Yeah. So it's the, the critical factor of diabetes is not just you being unwell, 
but you bring the family into the same mode yeah. and then you with diabetes are the selfish person ever because you, 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 you only care about yourself actually. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm going to get better, but you don't. Yeah. And the family runs around you mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, while well, you have a family, they do love you really, mm -hmm. you know, and you do love them too. Yeah. And, and that kind of love that it is inseparable. Mm -hmm. So you accept anything that that person turned into. Yes. Because if you didn't, you would just walk away. Yes. You want to die, die by yourself, mate. I yeah. don't care. So, so really it's a vicious circle which you really are bringing the family into such a stress mm -hmm. that you, you don't see it. But you don't see it. You don't see it, you don't realise. No, you don't. How did this all come to a head, Katie? What, what was the turn, turning um, point? Um, well, I had IBS um, for some years and always had a bloated stomach and painful stomach. And um, I read that book, Wheat Belly, and mm -hmm. decided to go gluten-free. And Giancarlo, being an open-minded man, said, oh, well, I'll try that as well. So we both went gluten. And that gluten. takes a lot for an uh, Italian chef to do that. I know, yeah. I know. I think he just thought he'll try it for a week and then he'll go back to eating gluten again. Um, <laughs> yeah, go back to my pasta. Yeah, yeah, I'll just oh, do it. Keep, keep the woman yeah, happy, keep the woman, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Have to keep the women happy. Really. <laughs> a token gesture. No, no, there's no like that, actually. Yeah, it's so, much more thoughtful than that, really. So after three days, I said, oh, this isn't working, is it? I don't feel any different at all. And he went, well, actually, I feel really different. I feel more awake in my brain. And I thought, I don't. <laughs> and um, he said, um, and the inflammation, I noticed his knuckles. He, was, he had inflamed arthritic knuckles. And the inflammation went down. And actually, his wedding ring fell off. So that was amazing. Well, he just... Um I think what's happened is um, to combat any disease or anything you have in life, you need to have a presence of mind. Mm -hmm. The presence of mind in my book works this way. You were, uh, let's say, you, you always had your hand in this glass whenever you talk, so it's fine. But sadly, you lift it up a little bit, and it, it's not so painful because it's a circle, it's in, it goes into your skin. So over even one part you lift up. So you need to really feel, understand and feel what you do what, if you feel a little bit better. So there is an improvement. So from, from maybe the full hand, you go a quarter hand, then half a quarter, then you lift it. Oh, like I'm not under stress. Yeah. Something is changing. Mm -hmm. So you have to have a presence of mind mm -hmm. to understand what was your disability mm -hmm. and understand also where do you want to go. You want to be up there or do you want to be down there? What, what, what's, your, what's your goal? Yes, uh, listening to your body, isn't it? So yeah. um, with thinking, gosh, maybe he is gluten intolerant, we went off to see a nutritionist, Jenny Phillips, who ran a series of tests and, and worked out with these tests that he was highly gluten intolerant, wow. pretty much celiac, and had probably been for some years and we had no idea. So it was really worth, worth doing. Um, and so then she also learnt that he was had diabetes type 2 and suggested that we went low carb. I'd never heard of low carb before, but he had started to lose weight and um, his HbA1c levels had come down a bit. Um, so we thought, gosh, we meant to just try this gluten-free thing and then that led, led into the low carb. And then we, um, I got on the internet and realized there was um, great big forums like the, the low carb program, diabetes.co.uk. This whole world of low carbers that I'd never heard of before and people who were reversing their diabetes. 
Because I guess at first went low carb. you probably thought it was what doctors were saying, irreversible and for life. And yeah, and, and we, we did see a yeah, dietitian, and yeah. she said, just cut back on your portions oh, of God. pasta and take sugar out of out of your tea and coffee, so he did, no. but we didn't honestly take it very seriously. Mm -hmm. We should have done. The, 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 the big problem of uh, people, when somebody comes to us, you've got diabetes, you've got diabetes, and type two, you got that, and you say, all right, yeah, okay, mm -hmm. then what? Look at the eat well plate, 60% is carb. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but I had my breakfast, the most important thing, I had this and had that, and now I have to have a, a was metformin and yep. other thing. So really, is a seriously wrong advice. In my case, I never, never took any medicine. And that's probably the most important of all. There's no medical record that I've taken any medicine because I would never prescribe that. Mm -hmm. And he would have been, had yeah, he carried on, I'm been, sure. Yeah, it would have been. But, but and in fact, he got worse. So he was told he had diabetes type 2. And then because we didn't take it seriously, he, he got worse and his HbA1c went higher. But for some reason, I don't know, he, he wasn't ever prescribed no, metformin. No, no. And he, he had high enough levels to, to be prescribed, but Absolutely, he wasn't. Yeah, was, uh, and then he's, it started falling with this no gluten, low, lower carbs, so it worked. So, and then so yeah, I mean, you, you touched a nerve with me there. One of my uh, charities is lobbying the government to get rid of the Eat Well guidelines mm. for that very reason, because my belief is that it's so wrong. Uh, and if you're going to have a guideline, well, you probably need a different guideline for diabetic, uh, diabetics than you do for everybody else, because you know you need to cut that carbs. You're right, a third of that plate at least is carbohydrates. Yeah, and, and I, sugar, I wish and you they need would to cut right, right down. Yeah. Exactly. I would wish that um, people having diabetes type 2 would be able to say, um, you know, if you're going to someone's house and they say, oh, are you allergic to anything? And, and then we always say, oh, yeah, Giancarlo has to have a gluten-free diet. And, um, and then, but what we should be able to say is, oh, yes, I'd love to come around, but I'm carbohydrate intolerant. And for people just to go, oh, okay, I get that. Yeah. So I won't give you potatoes and rice. I'll give you extra vegetables instead. Just as simple as that. Mm. And it should just become common parlance that we all know what carbohydrate intolerant means. We all know nut allergies. We all know gluten-free now, dairy-free, vegan, vegetarian. We all get that. But you should be able to say, oh, I'm carb, carb intolerant. Yes. And it will just become part of speech. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to your story. So you, you I won't say you ignored it at the beginning, but you sort of, did, sort, of afraid, yeah. you sort of went, oh, we'll just get on with life. And then by realising that, that you were gluten intolerant, that was more of a trigger afterwards. Mm. And then when you started to feel better and he was probably less angry. Yes. Uh, um, and, and, and no, probably big running, difference, running big, a, seriously, big difference. Running around with the children and so on and so forth. How did you then transit, because you've written books already, you've got cook schools uh, going, you've done BBC programmes. How do you then migrate, changing that complete lifestyle from a, one of Italian cooking and food and, and so on and so forth, into today where you know, you're very much big ambassadors of sort of the low carb movement? You wanted to tell the story, didn't you? So Giancarlo suggested to our publishers that we write a book about his reversal of diabetes, and um, type two, I should say. And um, Kyle from Kyle Cathy from Kyle Books is our publisher, and she said, "I'll do it if you provide a medical expert." 
So I also asked Jenny if she would write it with me because we don't have any medical training. So Jenny wrote the science at the beginning and then we approached David Unwin, Dr. Mm -hmm. David Unwin and Dr. Jen Unwin and asked them to be a part of it and they yeah, agreed. And we worked as the Anuino. We call the, them the Instead of the Unwins, the Unwinos. <laughs> we made them Italian. It sounds really know. nice, Unwino. Unwino. <laughs> So they agreed, and yeah. so they wrote the forward for us, um, the two separate forwards, and um, and that's how the book arrived. Yeah. Brilliant. And you say you've done twelve books already, which is yes. amazing uh, in, in such a short time. Uh, and book 13's on the way, and I'm going to take it. It's another low-carb book? Yes, or? it is. It's going to be called Reverse Your Diabetes Cookbook, and it's around from March onwards, and you can pre-order it already. And um, it'll be different recipes. Mm -hmm. So along the same lines, but some new ideas, I, new twists, I, new I, inventions. I have to say, actually, I, I, this book and what's happened with the Daily Mail and the next book is... Um, as far as I'm concerned, is a, a different life path changing. Mm. You know, the Pathfinder, uh, probably I found my path in life uh, because it would be absolutely wonderful to convey a message and to be able to help people that they can help themselves without much expenses and is really doable. Um, when uh, a couple of incidents, actually, one, one which is very indicative of something, um, it might not matter to people, but matters to me. When I was young, I was in the paratrooper, and uh, I also worked in five-star restaurants, which the King Juan Carlos, King Hussein, and so many, these kind of people, so you had to be on a certain behavior, okay? Mm -hmm. and. Going and being a paratrooper in the Italian army wasn't as hard as the English, but we were quite tough. It taught me a serious discipline, I mean serious discipline, which uh, I'm very grateful because that has stuck with me all my life. It really has. I think that was the most formative years that I could ever have in my entire lifetime. I say this because when you've been given an order to do something, you have to really be mindful that that is the order and mm -hmm. you carry on to the end. And when you do something, you have to carry that, that task to the very end, not just halfway, quarter away. So, oh, done what I'll do tomorrow. So in my brain, I, I, I get something, I get up in the morning, that's his fact. If tomorrow morning I get up and I decide to do something, will be done, but it has to be yeah. yeah, no, not just cha cha, yeah. doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. And therefore, when I got up one morning, and, uh, and the morning before, I went to the do private doctor, the doctor now where we live, and this guy is half Italian, and, and he said to me, Oh, you're diabetes, and you're quite fat. He looked at me, and I said to him, I'll work with it and I'll change it. The guy looked at me. And I know what he said in his eyes. I know, I know exactly what he meant. He said, you're a complete fool. I see, every day I see, say, yeah, yeah, of course, uh, of course, because I already paid him 130 quid, you know. <laughs> no, no, it's true. But inside me, he upset me so much. Yeah. I said, no, mate, you, you don't know who you're talking to. I know it sounds silly, but this is a, a po one point of reference. Yeah. That I thought, no. But it's an important point of reference because 
many people watching this on the on, on the podcast or listening to it on the podcast or, or seeing it on the web may be diabetic already thinking it's a, a challenge and it is a challenge for everybody yeah, totally, to, yes. to change I agree. lifestyle but if an award-winning italian chef whose life was pasta pasta pizza pizza day in day out making a living being on the bbc together your programs on the bbc you'd written lots of books already by then you'd had series on the bbc all around italian cooking for you to say my life is more important to me than my current way of food mm. if you can do it then i think that gives great hope to many people out there that are already maybe diabetic or pre-diabetic uh, or, or, or overweight you know it can be done and what I think you two have done brilliantly through your books uh, and, and certainly the book we've got in front of us here, the Diabetes Weight Loss Cookbook, I think what you've done brilliantly is you have between you with your sort of artistic background, Katie, and Giancarlo with your Italian cooking background, you've made some amazing recipes that to me, those recipes in the past would have been carbs based, you've taken the carbs out and they're as tasty, if not tastier, than even before. So the point is, for me, is that what you've enabled people to do, I believe, is to say, look, you're not giving up carbs, as in the white starchy processed carbs, you're escaping them. Because if food was boring and bland, the good side of the fence, the healthy side of the fence, then most people wouldn't jump over it. Mm. But you can jump over this fence if you're diabetic now, or if you're overweight and trying to lose weight. And the food tastes great, if not better than it did before. And that's mm. down to your creativity as a couple. And I'd like to thank you for that because I, I can use your recipes and, and, and talk to people with my doctor friends and really say, you're not giving anything up. You're not going to miss anything mm. because the quality of the food you can be creating at home can be healthy and just as tasty. Sorry, that wasn't a question. It was more of a, I, I went off on one then. <laughs> no, but it is no, true. no, it's, it's food, nice food to hear. Food can, food can look, be interesting. Look, there, there is, a, there is a, a very important thing. If you, if, if you want to give a message to people, at the, end of the at the end of the day, at the table, we need to wear our soul. Otherwise, the message doesn't go out. It doesn't matter how you look at it. You know, um, words matter, but if they're not meant, it doesn't matter, sure. really. Uh, the fact is that um, I personally manage now and manage to reverse my life. By now, I would have had one leg off, that's for sure, or mm -hmm. both, maybe both. But one, one foot would have been off because that was not the way to go. It really wasn't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. When I say I can't, re I can't recreate the feeling of what it was, but she understands. Mm -hmm. So this is a very important. The other, the other most important thing that happened that really seals it for me, it was when I, uh, I was driving a petrol car at the time and I stopped at the M40 to put some petrol on night because I finished at the restaurant about 12 or 30. You know, the restaurant life. It's, yeah. I like it, don't get me wrong, I'm quite happy. <clears throat> stopped at the petrol station, put the petrol, then what you do, you get a banana, then you get the chocolate, just lint chocolate, the square 100 grams. Go back in the car, I just parked the car in front of the shop, obviously because the petrol is done. One little chop, mm. oh that's nice, mm. another. By, by this time, I already was looking after myself quite well, but my eyes were still a bit not very good. So I had the 100 grams of chocolate, all of it, 
over because yeah. you go into a frenzy. Yeah. You do go into a frenzy. Yeah. But these things, people maybe like Katie, w w she wouldn't understand because she I'm does not it. a sugar addict. No, I'm, that's correct. That's the difference. No, no, he I, is a sugar yeah. addict. Yeah. But you wouldn't get it because it's a... I had enough. You yeah. go, you go I like one square of yeah. dark chocolate and then I can put it away. But I know that hundreds and hundreds of people don't yeah. aren't like that. I like savoury food more. If that was cheese, I might eat the whole block of cheese. <laughs> but I'm a cheese addict, but not a sugar addict. And, and so, that's different. So really, she's got that lovely sweet. She says, oh, enough, basta. Yeah. And me, so go in the car, go down the M40, doing fair speed. Suddenly, I can't see nothing. It's like a wow. complete fog. And what I could see was all the, the lights of the car foggy. You know when you, you yeah. know, seriously, you know when yeah. you, you travel with very lot of water, really rains hard at the yeah, spray. Yeah, and, 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 and you yeah. see just the, mm. the, the little flickery, yeah. you know. So I said, oh my goodness. I said, right, 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 right. I was doing quite a bit of speed, I suppose. And I said to myself, right, uh, can't see, look at the lights, look at the lights. Don't break, otherwise somebody's going to smack you yeah. and you're going to kill someone. Try to keep on the same line and speed, reduce it by slowly. Indicate left, 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 left. Any lights, any lights, any lights. No, no lights, no lights. Left, 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 left. Any lights, I was in the middle lane. Three lane, middle lane. Go on the first lane, then go on the shoulder and stop. Yeah. And... You see, in life sometimes you're lucky because if you have some training before, as I was saying to you before, being a paratrooper, you get a lot of discipline. So when it comes to panic, I usually don't panic. Mm -hmm. When when something something hit the fan, yep. I'm, 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 I get boom. Yeah, I just guess. Don't know. Yeah. What's that military training? No, no, just 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 the way you are. The so so that, but isn't it interesting that I mean, <laughs> heaven knows you shouldn't drink and drive, mm. but here you are probably diabetic already without realising mm. it. Chocolate, you know, that sugar rush, having that same, as dangerous, I mean, you know, mm. losing your eyesight while you're driving. No, no, really, the, yeah, very, the, very dangerous. So, so basically, the short of it is that I thought, right, if I would have killed your son or a mum, yeah. a dad, yeah. how do you feel? Yeah. So I said, this is a, a, a you know, bell rang and yeah. last bell. Mm. So I said, no, this is us to stop. And it happened to be a weekend. So we both thought he's got to go to the doctor as soon as possible. But he's always so busy, it's always yeah. difficult to get a, a GP appointment. So he found a private doctor yeah. who could see him that day. They could spend a whole hour with him. They ran blood tests to see what was the matter with him. And then a week later, you had to go back for the results. And they said, yeah, you've got type 2 diabetes. But uh, you how, know, how old were the boys at this point? Uh, that was a 2011. 2011. Yeah. So 11, 9 and 11. 9 and 11. So, because the transition became from 2011, 12, 13. Th those, those two years, 11, 12, 13, that's when everything happened that, that I was up and then I went down and I got back to normal. I was three stones in 16 months or less, actually. But, but let's say, if you look at the book, it tells you exactly the scale mm. and every, when I started, when I finished. Yeah. More or less is correct. Anyway. But I think when he did go and see the GP, like about the arthritic knuckles, they would just have time to see one thing, the sure. arthritic knuckles, and so he got sent to see a consultant about arthritis. Um, had he had an hour, like you do with a private doctor, you know, everyone should be able to do that once in a while because he was able to mention all the other things and the doctor had time to say, what else is wrong with you? And then noticing the, t the bigger tummy around the middle 
um, the arthritis, oh, everything all right with going to the loo? Oh, well, I often need to have a wee, so classic symptom yes. again. And oh, anything else? Yeah, I'm, I'm often thirsty. So it was that doctor that put all the things together and thought, I'm going to run a HbA1c test through, you know, with him to see where his blood sugars are. So actually, we were so grateful. It all happened then, or he would have just seen the GP with probably one symptom, blurred eyesight. He would have got sent to an op optrician. Yeah. It would never have been diagnosed because yes. it's all these different things, yeah. but you have to put them all together. You have to mm -hmm. look at, holistically at the person. Well, thank goodness you were diagnosed because, like you say, mm. you probably were on the way to maybe losing a limb. But also, yeah. from your two boys' point of view, I feel really upset as a parent that my old, eldest two children, they were in their 20s already when I learnt all this stuff. And I think now how I'm thinking I was doing the right thing growing up with all the fruit juices, all the cereals, you know, both my children have weight problems still today, like I do, in the sense that we have to be so strict because I've damaged their metabolism over the, uh, over 20 odd years. And at least my five younger children, I've learned this at a, at a young enough age with them that I haven't really damaged their metabolism yet. Mm. And hopefully now they understand food. But also, you know, from saving yourself and, uh, and yourself, Katie, you know, the fact you had IBS and mm. your children were that sort of age, They've got a good future now because yes. they understand that they've yeah. still got to make the right decisions and follow the right path, but at least they understand now the food. Yeah. Well, and they go to the gym, <laughs> they look after themselves, they'll sit down and regularly have all these lovely Italian sauces that we've been making over the years, but they have a lovely meat ragu, but they have it on buttered cabbage leaves rather than pasta. Mm. But they've made that choice and there they are tearing the cabbage leaves up and steaming them and, and really enjoying that and choosing to have that rather than pasta. We've never insisted that they have to go low carb. They have to make that decision for themselves. But I think without um, you know, people like yourselves that can really make the food taste it's one thing preaching to the country you know we've got two-thirds of adults in the UK are overweight it's one thing preaching saying cut down your carbs unless you give an alternative that's just and exciting in the kitchen yeah and I think what you bring with your books and your education now and the flair that you both have uh, is that you can make even Italian food really 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 tasty yeah. you know because Italian food you think always oh, pizza and pasta but you've put a whole spin on it with your cooking classes and your books and, and your restaurants uh, and I think that's the exciting thing. And we offer a low-carb menu in both our restaurants now because we can't just live this life and not offer it to others. So we offer all the traditional pastas and exactly the way any Italian would eat it, but we also offer the alternative, the low-carb alternative. And I do love a challenge. So if someone says to me, right, you've got to make this gorgeous thing like tiramisu with low-carb, you know, I'll, I'll do it. And that's coming up in the new book. It's... Um, it's important to be able to eat whatever you like, but in a healthier way. Absolutely. So look, I, I never mind shamelessly giving plugs away. Tell us about where your restaurants run. Where are your restaurants and your schools? We have um, two restaurants: one in Marylebone, one in Bray in Berkshire, and our school, La Cucina Caldesi, is in Marylebone as well. And everything's under caldesi.com. And I, I bet you get a lot of pleasure, don't you? Certainly when you're doing the low carb programs, people come in maybe skeptical at first, maybe a loved one has said, you know, you need to lose some weight, mm. go on this. And what sort of experiences do you find with your clientele coming in and probably, like I say, being very skeptical, but probably leaving going, hey, it's a whole new lease of life. Yeah, they, one man said, I've just got to relearn everything that I've been taught over the previous 50 years of my life. I've got to relearn it all. But they get it, they understand it. And that's why I'm glad that the science is well explained by Jenny and David in the, in the book, so that... 
I can say, look, I had to, it took me two or three years to get my head around this. Like, really, you can have fat, really? And you know, you can't have sugar. And so I just kept asking questions all the time to David and to Jenny and Jen, and they wrote the science so that everyone can understand it. And we've got great diagrams in the book so people can see, right, I understand now. So all we want to do is give people the information. The choice is up to them. And uh, so we talked a lot about diabetes and the fact that you are living proof that you can put it in remission. But let's talk about some of the other symptoms that you, you, you had and your IBS as well, Katie. So Katie, you had IBS. Uh, Giancarlo, you had really bad arthritis in, in the knuckles by the sounds of it. But also I was suffering from peripheral neuropathy which is a very important uh, fact. <clears throat> in his feet, wasn't it? In yeah. my feet. Yeah. And uh, I think my feet, they go probably a good 90 or 95% recovered uh, so far. Um, to have peripheral neuropathy is really sad, actually. Uh, and because you're walking, your, your mobility changes. Yes. So you become an, an immobile person. And uh, I think the, 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 the diabetes has left me now with some arthritic problems which I still carry and some days I'm struggling uh, to walk and because or, or, or is, is arthritic not diabetic mm -hmm. but the, the the scar that diabetes leaves is immense and also as a man you know nobody ever mentioned when you make love what's happening and when you go less stimulation or more or less and uh, we've had the time that things were not as good as and I can see the time has changed, it's different, so you have a better better relationship and so it is a help all around because regardless of anything, you know, if you're with your wife and everything and you love your family, there has to be some intimacy and it's important to have it, otherwise what's the point of being with a person? We yeah. need to have a, what we need to have, what we've been put into this world for. And so that's also a thing that everybody escapes, especially us boys, we don't want to talk about it, everybody's embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Embarrassed about what? You get a woman and then you have to run away. What's, that's embarrassing. Yeah. When you talk about it and sort it out, it's less embarrassing. Yeah. So also the fact of going to the loo more often. And um, unfortunately, one doctor put me on metatraxate a while back, thinking there was something else. And that has caused some scars, some stuff, which I really, really regret. And, but that's the, unfortunately, it's very interesting to look that you can't have a regrettable life, otherwise you become cantankerous and very bitter. Cantankerous and bitter is not the way to be. You'll be all the time jealous and terrible and not very nice life. Mm -hmm. So we need to look forward to, uh, I made a mistake, it wasn't right, but now it's done. But you made mm -hmm. a mistake, this is the thing that annoys me and why I wrote my first book, Primal Cure, is that you say you made a mistake. And I can say I made a mistake, but we didn't know. We were doing the things that for a couple of generations were things that people we thought were was healthy food choices. So, and, 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 and I, think that's why I, I think that's why I'm here today doing the podcasts and the programs on TV and, and interviews like this, because I, I just want to get the word out there, because you didn't make a mistake. You didn't know. You just no, didn't I, know. Someone said to me once that, that having carbs and more and more carbs is like suicide. And I went, no, it's not. Because it only that would be the case if you knew it and carried on doing mm. it for sure. Mm. But you didn't know, so you didn't make a mistake. You were fed the wrong information by. you're right. I've, I've, I've gone no, no, mm. nothing. So, but what I'm, but the fact is, uh, um, as a mistake, 
I feel very uh, sad and that is one of the worst regrets I could ever have is not to have known that the food was poisoning me. Mm. But the, the, mm. the, the, the most wonderful thing is uh, the food now is making me feel better. But the, it's all in the mind of what you call sacrifice or what yes. you call a chore, what you call a, a tough choice or something. Um, I think there's two divisions here. One is the, the your mind yourself say right what do I do and then you decide and two is the food that you see on this side as a big cakes and yep. sugar 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 and when you go past by that your brain says I want that then you go and grab it and do it so what you said in this part of the brain I will change you actually are not making any changes simply because you, you, you it's only one little part of your brain said I don't do it but the, yes. the rest is grabbed by this this immense urge and surge towards that yes mm -hmm. and it seems to me that every 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 diabetes person that we met that they like puddings they like sugar they like yeah. anything bread bread they go i you can't go to it's dinner it's usually bread yeah. or puddings yeah, you can't go it? to dinner and you have one basket of bread to begin with yeah. and then you have all the other dinner and then mm -hmm. you have the puddings as well yeah i i i i'm i'm dreadfully uh, sorry to see such an attitude mm. and having restaurants uh, it is a it, it will become for us and I, and I really mean this more sincerely it will become for us a challenge of of choice for us what we're going to do how we're going to tackle that yeah, from, from certainly from a commercial point of view and correct me if you're wrong i mean i i have a, a small restaurant never near as successful as yours that i own around the corner but i, I one day I said to them why do you still keep putting bread out at the beginning it's the best thing ever, Steve. I said, why is that? They went, well, they fill themselves up on the bread uh, and then therefore we can do smaller portion sizes. And I went, but oh, this no. is absolutely ridiculous. So we tried to take the bread out completely in our restaurant then everybody stopped coming. So, mm. so now we have much smaller buns on the table uh, for people, but, but, but that is the problem. My mm. dad died at <coughs> time too, and still today, he said, I don't eat much bread, but I observe him. He has a bread with his breakfast. He'll, he'll have a bread roll before his lunch. And it's, it's just, no, it's, it's, yeah. it's, 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 unfortunately, carbs seems to be the, created by us mm. to be the placation time for the masses. And uh, as you, if you see in some old films or something, what they did to the, to the people that throw loaves of bread at the baker, they were now distributed bread and everybody was happy. Mm -hmm. But then, the difference of or crops now is so big that, that even the, the wheat is not grown as it used to be grown. So, mm. so you you know the chromosome of the wheat is changed, so our digestion is changed, and uh, the intake of of, of 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 carbs is far too excessive. Mm -hmm. And and then the movement we don't have movement, uh, quality quantity movement uh, is not in the book. Enough is the next. But I always said yes, quality quantity movement is the most important thing. Quality is uh, the food that you choose to eat. Yes. Quantity also has a big value, big value, because when I eat, although now I eat proper, uh, not proper, I eat food that is good for me. Yes. All the food is proper, if you wish. Let's not yes. go into that. So, but I overeat, I put on weight. Mm -hmm. I put on weight. So it shows that the weight, maybe the distribution will be different, I don't know, but I put on weight. But if I have uh, the the quantity uh, that is correct to eat. I'm not saying 
300 grams is 150 grams one steak and no, 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 don't use the words moderate because moderate doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. And then obviously is the quality, quality, quantity and the movement, the movement, if you do more movement, you obviously your energy, you use it. So, so really is the change of lifestyle that we have on the on outside world, which it doesn't present ourselves to cure ourselves in a decent way because you ought to shut down so many food product production, so many food production to really and concentrate on what would be a better nutritional value. And then you see that people will get much better very fast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So quality, quantity. And do you find as well that when you're eating the quality fats, quality proteins, cutting down on the processed foods, that your quantity goes down anyway because you just yeah. feel full faster. Yeah, exactly. When you include fat in your diet, good healthy fats, you are you can't eat loads and loads of salmon, for example, can you? No. You can't eat an endless amount of salmon. You get full quite quickly on things like Except oily if you go fish. To Canada. <laughs> well, we couldn't though, could we? We, we went to Canada and we were offered this um, salmon taster plate. Actually, that, that, that illustrates the point well. It was, it was a round plate with all these different kinds oh of salmon dear, on it. Dear, dear. And we got, say it was like a clock, we got to about six o'clock. We couldn't finish the rest of it. We, we couldn't eat, eat salmon for three months afterwards. Oh dear, three dear, months, dear. anything. We just couldn't even oh. look at salmon afterwards. No, Too much of a good thing. Though. Yeah, <laughs> but oily fish, to, yeah. you know, your point, fat, it's fat and protein, fills you up really quickly you can't go on eating it so you do have smaller portions so quality quantity will already come down because you're eating the good foods and get out and move more yeah. and walk and movement that yeah. does help yeah. i mean you know any, any kind of movement it makes you healthier really we're and not designed also, to you, sit you, still yeah, are you we? also you need i mean katie an example she she goes to the gym she does lots of stuff which is really good and and you know, she's kept an amazing yeah. figure, really. I want to come back to the title of this hour. So a life-saving lifestyle. So I think what the message I'm trying to get across. Life-changing, yeah. A life-changing lifestyle or life-saving, changing. Yeah, all those words. Um, is that what's great about you two is you've helped us realise that making that change can still be tasty, can still be exciting, can still mm. leave you a feeling of just oh, sheer pleasure with your... You know, your pizza base is made out of anything, uh, 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 of courgettes through to your desserts that looks like any other cake, top quality cake, but it's got all the carbs mm. or most of the carbs taken out. It doesn't have to be boring. And therefore, you're not even sacrificing. You're, uh, you talked earlier on, uh, Giancarlo, about the fact that you know, a lot of people think that you're, you're giving up or you're sacrificing. But surely what you're really sacrificing if you carry on eating the carbs you're sacrificing, as you said, a good night's sleep because you're up and down the toilet all the time. You're sacrificing playing football with the children. Mm. You're sacrificing years of your life. You know, you're sacrificing time, you're sacrificing all these things by not making the change. And thank goodness, I think my message today is because you're an um, yeah, award-winning Italian chef, you've done it, and yet you're eating pasta twice a day in the past. You did it because it was life-threatening, and if you can do it with a love of Italian food, then hopefully that sends out a really good message to everybody watching and listening that it can be done. Yep, absolutely. If he can do it, anyone can. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd love to thank you both for coming in. Um, I'm going to ask you one question each and, and then we'll, we'll, we'll call it a wrap there. Um, you've seen, obviously, your husband from when you met, uh, from the very, very difficult times. What symptoms 
should we be looking at with our loved ones that say maybe they're on that road, that road to diabetes before I, it's too late? I was married to fat man on the sofa, asleep. So just that lethargic overweight. Yeah, and I expect there's lots and lots of wives out there who could also describe their husbands as fat man asleep on the sofa. Okay, and uh, Giancarlo, what advice would you give to people maybe that are already overweight? How, how, what's the first steps they can take to, to look as slender they, and healthy they, as you They do? need to really uh, get this book, read the first 50 pages, assimilate that in their minds, and then make up your mind what they want. They want a, a hard life or a good life, and that's it really, because uh, whatever advice you give to people, in, is never a good advice because they they always they have to work it out for themselves. Yes, they need to look at their surrounding and find out what they do wrong to their family, not to themselves. Because themselves, it doesn't matter, mm. you know. And uh, you get your children running around you to do your shoelaces and pick you up and have you from the chair and from the table. Oh, that's already making other people prisoners. Mm. But love is an, is an infinity, so they will do anything for you. But I think they should really uh, read first what it's all about and then do some soul searching and find out how they can deal with it. And that's great advice. You know, you, to make a real lasting change, you've got to buy into it and that's yeah. that investment yeah. time, because sitting down, reading your book or yeah. you know, many other books out there, reading the book. Unfortunately, the wife can help, but, but you are the most important person to help. Yeah. And as soon as you see some signs that you feel better, you will be encouraged by, mm. look at the little signs. And the food's not horrible. It's fantastic. <laughs> so, you know, my challenge was to, to not just say you can't have pasta, but you can have this, or you can't have a Kit Kat, but you can have a few walnuts and some dark chocolate. So you've always got to say to people, okay, you can't have that, but you can have this. Otherwise, they just feel sad and deprived, you know. Yeah. And there are so many tasty things you can have without yeah. the carbs. Yeah, absolutely. People no, think that strawberries plain, must know, be full plain. of sugar no, because no, no. strawberries are so tasty. No, but the strawberries are great. Yes, yeah. Yeah. The, but the shops, yeah. they're full of carbs because, number one, it's easy to, 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 to do. It doesn't cost much. You sell the higher mm. price. Yeah. And the people buy because it's, it's satisfying yeah. for the moment. And then another snack two hours later satisfying for that moment and so mm. on and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. So don't be fooled by those aisles and aisles of uh, carb-loaded mm. packaged foods. And if you're still not convinced at the end of this hour, then I've got two or three suggestions. First one would be to buy the Caldese's book, which is full, full of recipes and a new one coming soon as well. And it's not one or the other. You need both. They're just more recipes along the low-carb regime. Secondly, if you love your cooking, and you want some more inspirations, then go to one of your cooking schools uh, here in the UK, three different locations. You can go and learn to cook low carb. And if you're saying, well, actually, before all of that, I just want to try some great food and see if it really tastes just as good without the carbs, then visit one of your amazing restaurants. And if someone wants to find out more about the schools and your restaurants, what, what's your Everything's website? on the website, caldesi.com. C-A-L-D-E-S-I.com. Well, thank you very, very, very much. You both look... <laughs> Fabulously healthy, <laughs> fabulously healthy, and uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to see if I can dig out the old return to Tuscany BBC oh, programme yes. uh, and, and see you how he used to how look. you used to look before you <laughs> look this beacon of health. Thank yeah, you yeah. very very much thank you. for joining thank me today. Thank you. It's been thank an you. absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. No 
If you enjoyed this podcast, then why not subscribe to the full series so you can hear from all the incredible health professionals we spoke to. Before you go, though, visit Amazon today and pick up your copy of Fat and Furious by Steve Bennett. And as a thank you for being a subscriber, we'll even give you a third off. Simply use the discount code FFPODCAST and you'll get the full story featuring all 23 medical professionals.